Welcome to the EcoCiv podcast. This is Austin Roberts. At EcoCiv, we are collaborating with others from around the world who are working toward an ecological civilization. And on this podcast, we engage leading thinkers in conversations about the kinds of transformations required to create a more sustainable, peaceful, and equitable world. If you enjoy this podcast, you can help support the work that we are doing by making a donation at ecociv.org. Today, Andrew Schwartz talks with Gambian human rights activist Mohamed Laman Saidi Khan. Mohamed is the coordinator for Africans Rising, which is an emerging pan-African movement working for justice, peace, and dignity, and which aims to build solidarity across campaigns for social, economic, environmental, and gender justice. Mohamed talks with Andrew about the mission of Africans Rising, how Ubuntu philosophy frames his work, the need for an intersectional approach to social justice and the climate crisis, the power of youth activism, and why he says that his hope is the masses. And now, here's Andrew and Muhammad. So I'm here with Muhammad Lamin Saidi Khan, who's coordinator of the African Rising for Justice, Peace and Dignity, which is a movement that seeks to foster Africa-wide solidarity and unity of purpose with the peoples of Africa to build the hashtag future we want. Uh, look that up on Twitter. In toward peace, social inclusion, and prosperity. So, Mohammed, could you say a little about the vision of Africans Rising and the work that you do? Yeah, Africans Rising uh, came about when the civil society um, felt that they need to rethink about how relevant the civil society is to the African people. But I've been criticism that civil society in Africa is not very much responsive to the needs of Africans. Mm. Uh, we did a consultation, about 4,000 people have been consulted in terms of what is needed for the civil society in Africa. After the consultation, we did a validation conference where we validated what we call the Africans Rising Movement, which is challenging the narrative of Africa is rising, which looks at the uh, small percentage of the individual uh, Africans who are rising in terms of economic gains, but also look at the economic uh, GDP rise. But the Africans rising philosophy and mentality is challenging that narrative to saying that, you know, the African people in general need to rise. Mm. So we decided to name the movement after Africans rising. The movement is actually bringing the, the, the bigger solidarity of the African people. That Africa is known of its solidarity in terms of supporting each other when they're in crisis. So the movement brought together uh, African civil society and different struggles across the continent and as well in diaspora that we need to be able to support each other to deal with our issues when we're in crisis. That's fantastic. So can you say a little bit about the, uh, the founding charter, the, the Kilimanjaro Declaration and the Ubuntu philosophy that frames your work? Yeah, the Kilimanjaro Declaration is the founding charter that, that when Africans met in Arusa, Tanzania, when we were putting the movement together, about 274 organizations from 44 countries around the, around the continent came together and realized that you know, we need to be able to bring, uh, build something uh, unique that, that is able to connect, um, you know, amplify, and support the struggles of, of Africans wherever they are. So in the founding charter, we agreed that young people need to be at the center of what drives this movement. Because we have seen that in the past or in the recent um, time, young people are in the front line of changing the narrative. Changing the narrative in Africa, moving from the, uh, the, the numerous coup d'etats that we have been seeing to now civil uprising. 
you know africans young people have taken over in tunisia in egypt now we've seen new revolutions in in west africa uh, in senegal in burkina faso and gambia and then a lot of things are happening in central and western uh, central and eastern and southern africa where young people are, are taking charge but we also said that women need to be at the center of what we do in the african rising movement so we came out with five focus areas that we think this movement need to deliver in the next five years what is uh, one is around women's rights and freedom and then the other one is around climate justice uh, we are talking about corruption and impunity uh, we're talking about um, equality and equity for for the african people so all of those um, uh, points that we that we think that the movement need to work around to ensure that we deliver but we also made something very critical that is um, you know this movement need to be funded by african people in the long run Right now, we can take money from everywhere, but in the long run, the movement needs to be funded because most of the time, when crisis happen, when we respond or we civil side response, the criticism comes down to uh, the civil side in Africa saying that you know they are not Africans, they are being influenced by the Western world. So we are trying to see how this movement can be funded. So we have a strategy around uh, individual giving, where we mobilizing one million Africans or wherever they are or supporters that can contribute to the funding of the operations of the movement, like one million Africans contributing one dollar per month, twelve dollars in a year. Uh, should be able to um, you know, sustain the activities of this movement. And then as well, we also believe that this movement needs to be responsive to the needs of Africans. When, most of the time, when the response comes, they say ah, they are from the outside. So now we need to be responsive to the, to the needs of Africans so that the criticism of our leaders cannot be, you know, uh, cannot have any value anymore. Because now uh, that's why we launched what we call the solidarity missions. The solidarity missions are uh, missions when Africans are in crisis, wherever they are, we send solidarity missions to those countries where they talk to the opposition, but talk to the um, the movements and civil society, broader civil society, but also talk to the government and come out with tangible recommendations and work with these uh, social movements to ensure that their fights and their struggles are supported, amplified, and connected to other struggles across across the continent, but as well where Africans are in diaspora. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned five areas of focus. How are those related to one another? Yeah, the issue is like the struggles of African people are similar. And then they are all interconnected. When you talk about climate justice, you also talk about uh, women's rights. You know, climate effects, you know, affect the African, poor African women who are in the communities more. So as well, their rights are being violated because of the climate, climate change and then the governments are not responsive in terms of how to address it. In fact, the world is not responsive. When the world is not responsive to climate change issues, it affects the right of a local woman in Africa more than the right of you know you know uh, uh, other people so, uh, who are in the, in the in developed world. So so we're looking at all these uh, issues as in- interconnected. When you talk about equity and and equality, you know it's talking about you know women have been left out in in many ways. So so that connection. And then we're talking about you know the rights of the minorities, the LGBTIQ and all this. So you can see the, you know the interconnection of all the different uh, issues that. Um, uh, that we are that we are dealing with uh, when you talk about governance and impunity and stuff we see now uh, governments cracking down on movements you know i've been uh, a clear example of that i was arrested in gambia recently i was arrested last year in togo when we can, you know when we go out to, to support the struggles of um, movements and then the people a popular, a popular uprising of the people you know governments are threatened in terms of uh, seeing the new fund, uh, foundation of uh, of democracy that people are demanding for that people feel that you know africa need to rise but it cannot be rise by 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 you know by by the elites it have to it have to be rising from the from the citizens that the citizens must be at the center of what what africa becomes 
And no doubt you've lived that sort of principle of the citizens rising up as an activist yourself with a history of working with youth and mobilizing youth for social change. You'd mentioned youth earlier. What do you see as the role of the youth in creating a more just, peaceful, and sustainable world? Yeah, young people are, are the cream and mm-hmm. then are the impact, uh, impact of, of society. They are the cream of society. They are the drivers. And as well, you know, young people have proven to the world that you know they 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 they, they understand the dynamics of the world and then they understand the need for 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 change especially in africa we have seen that the young people have taken charge of their destiny you know the the future of tomorrow is with the young people now so the young people are realizing that if we do not work together to kick out bad leadership to kick out corruption to ensure that the countries are progressive our future will not be great our children's future will not be great so, so they become now more conscious about you know driving the agenda. So, working with young people uh, for 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 number of years, I've seen that you know the the enlightenment of young people is is critical, because when young people know about their rights and then they're able to see the power of um, um, you know that human capital that they have, the power of uh, togetherness, the, the, the masses, the numbers that they have, you know they're able to you know organize themselves. And when we organize. As, as young people, we can kick the, the powerful forces that are, that are hindering the development of our countries and our communities. And that's what, that's what is happening in, in the continent. We've seen young people getting organized, kicking out uh, different dictators. And then also we don't experience, young people don't experience the brut- some of the brutalities of the dictators. So before they realize that uh, this dictator is so brutal, then they're already on the streets and they're already kicking, them, uh, kicking the asses out. So you had said that Africans Rising is really sort of a decentered movement, right? It's focused on local communities and the strength of local communities, but also under the umbrella of a shared vision. Um, So there's that unity in diversity. So how do you uh, how do you work to connect the the local with the pan-African movement? Yeah, um, you know, this this movement was, you know, driven from the people's uh, need and then people's uh, belief that, you know, you know, with the foundation of unity, you know, we can achieve a bigger dream of what we call the Africa we want. And then some people are even saying, that, no, we, it's not the Africa we want, we, the Africa we need, because the urgency of it right. needs to happen now is critical. So connecting the grassroots struggles to the, uh, the policy um, influencing um, processes is critical for, for, for Africans rising. So that's why we organize at local level to challenge the national and regional and continental policies to ensure that the policies are speaking and then they are speaking to the rights of the people but also you know putting the people at, at the center and then a lot of progress has been made um, recently that was three, two days ago or three days ago we are celebrating that the au have come out with um, a youth force ever youth convoy mm-hmm. youth envoy and this youth envoy comes from the people who put together Africans rising. I Achebe from Tunisia have been um, named as the first youth envoy of, of, of Africa. And she comes from the grassroots movement who have been in, in the front line of that struggle to kick out uh, a brutal dictator in, in, in Tunisia. Uh, so we can see that, you know, there, there will be a lot of great progress in at that continental level because, you know, people who have tested waters, people who have been in the front line of struggles are now sitting on the table to decide in terms of how policies uh, should be formulated, what policies should be put in place for young people and people's rights across the continent. So this is an, an amazing vision, 
Um, and it's one that our organization, the Institute for Ecological Civilization, fully supports. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I have a sense of solidarity with what you're about and yeah. uh, really look forward to, to working with you more. You. What are some of the biggest challenges that you identify in working for peace, inclusion and prosperity? Yeah, um, one of the key challenges that, um, that, that, that we face, you know, uh, is the continent is big and diverse. One of the key challenges will be language. You know, Africa have thousands and thousands of languages that, you know, you need to translate all the different things that, that you are communicating so people to understand. Because the critical thing is for, peop- for you to be able to build the critical mindset of the people, mm. to understand the challenges that they are facing, but also to understand that the struggles that they're in is not only their struggles, but it's the struggles of thousands and thousands of Africans who are in different parts. To be able to work together and then change their, 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 their narrative. And then also, you know, the challenge around mobility and movement within the continent. You know, it's 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 challenge. It's, it's it's sad that you know people don't have freedom to move around within the continent freely, as 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 they will in 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 the Western world. So that challenge is there in terms of barriers. But we have committed in the Kilimanjaro Declaration that this movement will work beyond borders. Mm-hmm. That is connecting struggles beyond borders. That Africans need to believe that together through the Ubuntu spirit we can change the narrative. And then the other challenge might be around, you know, sometimes this few competition between movements, like the name. You know, I want to be, uh, I'm the leader of this um, uh, particular movement and at the grassroots level. I want to, and so that my movement moves. So, so that kind of um, name, uh, that visibility, is a little bit of a challenge that we are dealing with movements, but it's not a bigger, bigger challenge. And then the, the other bigger challenge will be around financing. You know, bringing this new concept of Africans funding their own thing. You know, what systems, what structures, what um, uh, mechanisms can we put in place so that Africans are able to contribute a dollar? Uh, many, many of the Africans can contribute a dollar, but the mechanisms of how they contribute regularly is one thing that we're having a big challenge with. So, so those are a few challenges, but I think um, the bigger thing that we have is, you know, agreeing that there is a need for us to come together and create this Pan-African grassroots movement of the people of Africa. It's a big step, and then we've seen that it's contributing to changing the narrative in in, in different ways. Yeah, I love that idea of changing the narrative. It seems so important. So so what strategies are you wanting to implement with Africans Rising in order to overcome some of these challenges and build the, the Africa we need or the future we want? Yeah, um, one of the key challenges that I keep, sorry, key strategies that we that we put together is, you know, we need to create that momentum of mobilization, that momentum of, you know, how how uh, um, Africans can work together. So we decided to launch this movement on the 25th of May, 2017, after the validation conference in 2016, and then in that launch we asked. We we want we 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 you know spoke we speak to the the different movements across the continent and ask them to organize. Organize in their own ways, you know, broadcast in their own ways, showcase in their own ways about the challenges that they are facing, but also celebrate the successes that they are on. So we mobilized 42 countries, um, um, th- thousands of events across the continent and as well in diaspora uh, in 2017, uh, which kind of served as the moment of mobilization for, for, for the movement. In 2018, we mobilized in 56 countries, 49 in Africa. In thousands of events across the continent and as well in diaspora, where Africans celebrate, challenge, and have dialogue with their leaders, but also and so that you know 
we are able to connect the struggles of the African people. So it's, it's 25th of May is used as a moment of mobilization, as a way of working, but also try to test that, use that as a test of, um, of that broader solidarity. When Africans are in crisis, we should be able to mobilize quickly and support that particular struggle. And we've seen that happening in different countries. Um, another strategy or way of operating is what we call the solidarity missions. We have committed to saying that when Africans are in crisis, we need to be there with them. We need to be in front line. We need to, so we send solidarity missions to go in there in those countries and then work with the people. They were in the Gambia when we were kicking out the, the brutal dictator, Jame, who wanted to kill me in, in different ways. Um, so African rising came and brought all these um, um, civil society together to think around the solutions of the crisis during the impact. When thousands of people are running out of the country, the movement was there to be in solidarity with people. And then I felt in that room that Gambians felt that, yo, Africans are here from all over the Africa to be in solidarity with us when we are in a deep crisis. So that, that gives a lot of courage and hope to the, to the, to the stro- people in the front line of the struggle. We were in Togo uh, when people are in crisis. We were in Cameroon twice when people are in crisis. And then from those missions, we've seen people taking proper steps and proper actions in terms of you know, calling for peace, but also reinforcing their struggle to win the fight. And then as well, Africans like then ask itself, what do we need to do for the, for the, for the, for the activists when, uh, when they are in need? So we are trying to support what we call Africans Rising Solidarity Residency, where, which is kind of a clinical residency that brings activists together from uh, across the continent, but also rethink about a particular struggle and see how they can amplify their support and then support that particular struggle um, in, in, in different ways. And then also bringing Af- activists to reflect also relax, but also get inspiration from 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 um, from from um, from other activists, either from Africa, but also from the, from the other part of diaspora. Uh, we will t- some of the activists will tell you that I have never had rest. The only time that I will have rest is when I'm in when I'm in prison, in those in those residences. Some of the activists will 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 tell you I'm just coming from prison two weeks ago before I attend this residence. So we're kind of giving them a, you know a new air to breathe. And then get more new inspiration so that they can work with their brothers and sisters across uh, the continent as well in diaspora in, in, that, in that field, in that struggle for, for social change. So you, you talk about solidarity and you know, interconnection. And I, if I understand correctly, that's a big part of the Ubuntu spirit yeah. in, in philosophy. Yeah. Can you say a little bit more about that Ubuntu perspective and what that means? Yeah, I, I, you know, from the foundation of our civilization as, as a continent, Africans are known to be supporting each other. When your brother is uh, hot somewhere, the house is burned down there in a village, the whole village will move out and then go and support to build a new house for that person. Uh, when the brother is uh, attacked somewhere, you know, the whole community will go and support that person. So we want to reinforce that, that shared prosperity that we believe that when, when, when um, Lamil or Buba is not in peace, and Babukar cannot be in peace. We're also trying to reinforce the, 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 you know, the philosophy of our founding fathers. Kuruma in the independence of Ghana said, you know, when Ghana is independent and the rest of Africa is not independent, then Ghana is still not independent. Mm. So we're trying to see how we can drive the agenda of the forefathers then so that we attain the full liberation of, of, of the African continent. That's wonderful. Yeah. So my last question is this. In a world of turmoil, one that's filled with systemic injustice, what gives you hope? Yeah, the hope is the masses. Mm. Yeah, I believe that when we are together in numbers, 
you know, the leaders will fear. What they fear about, especially in Africa, is they fear about their numbers. You know, they fear about, they fear about the votes because numbers will actually put them into those systems or into those uh, positions. So Africans rising in its philosophy and myself as an activist in my philosophy, I never organize, I never encourage people to go on the streets when they don't have thousands. But when we are in numbers, you know, governments will fear. So uh, there is a more need of popular organizing and then building the consciousness of the people to understand that the government that are, the people that are leading in governments are put there by us and they are servants, they need to serve us better. And if they don't serve us better, we need to organize ourselves and kick them out because we put them there with numbers and we can kick them out with numbers. Yeah. So Africans are indeed rising. Um, Africans are really rising and we've seen that being manifested in different ways and well, in, many, in many places. Thank you so much, Mohamed Laman Saidi Khan, for joining us. Um, to learn more about Africans Rising and ways that you can get involved, visit africansrising.org. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you.